Hello, ActorCasters, and welcome to episode number 20 of ActorCast. As always, thank you so much for joining me for the show today. I'm always very excited to have you here and to be tuning into this episode. If you haven't already done so, head to ActorCast.fm and sign up for our newsletter. When you sign up for our newsletter, you will receive the latest and greatest information when it comes to upcoming guests, showcases, and much more. So head to ActorCast.fm and sign up there. Today, we are in for a very special episode of ActorCast. We are going to be talking about entertainment law, legalities, and all of this fun stuff that I think a lot of times actors do not think about. Legalities and the law and all the those aspects that come with the entertainment industry are usually not at top of mind for actors, but it's important that we educate ourselves, that we become aware of these things because we'll never know whether we're signing a contract or getting involved in a specific project where we might need to utilize this knowledge. Today's episode, we are talking with New York-based lawyer Adam Weissman, and Adam represents artists, creators, and production companies in the media and entertainment world. His practice combines his love of the arts and performance, fascination with the changing landscape at the intersection of law and digital media, and insight gained from his past as an associate at a litigation firm, fighting for his clients in court and resolving complex disputes. Adam is also a musician and filmmaker, so he also has that artistic perspective that pairs nicely with his law practice. And in today's episode, we dive in deep with regards to entertainment law. Adam actually shares how entertainment law is a very ambiguous term, how it's not very specific, it's very broad, so that it's very important when considering an artistry, whether you are an actor or perhaps you're a filmmaker or a musician, that it's very specific, that, that these specific artistries are specific in the law and different rules and regulations that are within their artistry. We talk about some of the common and basic legalities that actors and other artists should know about. We talk about what content on social media is like and, and what we should and shouldn't post on social media platforms. And we also discuss the common pitfalls that actors fall into regarding legal issues. So you are in for what I hope to be an educational episode of ActorCast. If you haven't already done so, head to ActorCast.fm and let us know what you think of this episode by leaving us a review. Leaving us a review works wonders as it helps spread the message further of what we are doing here at ActorCast and sharing information from a variety of different entertainment professionals within our industry. So, now it's time to sit back, relax, and enjoy episode 20 of ActorCast with Adam Weissman.
everybody. Welcome back to ActorCast. Today we have a great guest joining us. His name is Adam Weissman. Adam, thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Thanks for having me, Patrick. I'm very excited to have you here. You are a New York-based lawyer who works with a lot of people in the entertainment industry. And as I was mentioning to you before we started recording, I think it's very important to have someone like you on the show with your background and expertise to talk to the actors and the other artists who may be tuning into this episode today, because I think it provides them with a, a great opportunity to develop a deeper understanding of what all the legalities are that are involved within the entertainment industry. I think it's very easy for actors and artists to think solely about the art and the craft uh, because that's what they love and that's what they're passionate about. But it's also important to have at least a foundational knowledge of the business side of things as well. And I kind of see in a lot of ways uh, entertainment law falling underneath that. So I'm very excited to share the work that you do with our listeners and kind of dive into a deeper conversation. So I'm wondering if you could just first start off by sharing with us, in your opinion, you know, because I, I could go on as to, to why this is important for me to have you on the show, but I'm wondering if you could share with our actors why you believe it's important for actors to know about entertainment law and, and why should actors, once they get to a certain point in their career, start thinking about potentially hiring a lawyer? Yeah. So, well, first off, entertainment law is such an amorphous term. It doesn't really mean anything. So there are many kinds of people that I think we'll, we call entertainment lawyers, but they're not lawyers, they're not categorizable in the sense that you might expect like a tax lawyer who only does tax stuff or a, an estate lawyer who's only drafting like wills and things like that. Uh, entertainment law spans this huge scope of work from things like working with actors agreements and helping them out with you know, stuff that either might be run through things like SAG-AFTRA to things like copyright and trademark and then things outside of that like corporate law it runs such a wide gamut now in terms of actors themselves and why they should be interested in it from the first place an actor makes a living off of their face their likeness who they are their voice and those are things that are enshrined in the law as something that people essentially own and control and Every time you're involved in a production, whether it's theater, whether it's film, whether it's you know a short that's being released online, that's you giving your likeness to that production. So from a starting point, you want to know every time you're giving that likeness to somebody, why you're giving it away, what it's being used for, and most importantly, how you're going to be compensated for your time because you are always giving something of value to a production whenever you're involved in it. Yeah, you make a really good point about the the likeness and the image of the actor. I think that I think it's now becoming more commonplace knowledge about how the actors in a lot of ways uh, seeing themselves as a business, seeing themselves as a product so to speak. And I think as it relates to law, I think it, it you bring up a really good point that that you want to figure out ways to to protect your image, to to protect, I guess, who you are as a performer. 
So I'm wondering if you could share well, what are some common or, or basic legalities that actors and other artists should know about? Well, I think I think really one of the first things you want to make sure that you're getting in place anytime you're getting hired on for a production, you you want a contract. Like you want that producer to hand you something, setting out the four corners of what your role is supposed to be and what they're going to be doing with your work. Larger productions, obviously anything that's through a SAG signatory, that's like through a union signatory, is going to have some very extensive contracts. You'll probably want a lawyer to help you review that. But a lot of the smaller things that are coming up these days, especially stuff that's being released online, that's being done a little more ad hoc or a little more just sort of by the cuff, you're not always seeing producers putting together proper contracts for that. So I think the first step is, is when somebody approaches you and say, hey, I want to hire you for like a two-week shoot. I want you to do X, Y, Z. Uh, you say, great. Can I see that in writing? So you know that you're actually going to get what's being promised to you at the end of it all. And I guess is, is it through a contract that I, I guess, especially for actors who are emerging, they might, you know, just starting to be get uh, significant work. When they get handed a contract, what, what are some important things that actors need to look for that clues them in to, to be like, oh, okay, this is a legitimate contract, like it has A, B, C, and D, as opposed to maybe just a piece of paper that whoever is saying it is a contract, but it's missing some really vitally important points on there. Yeah, so the starting point for a contract, and this is like law school 101, is for something to be a binding contract, you need an offer, you need acceptance, you need consideration, you need meeting of the minds. Basically, you need one party saying, I want to give you this, or I want you to do this. You have the other party saying, I'm going to do this. You have consideration, and that's like the dollar value. So usually for actors, it's they're getting paid, and depending on the production, sometimes they get points um, as well. And then you need to make sure that everybody's in agreement. Now, you mentioned like, Oh, maybe, what about like a half page piece of paper? Is that going to be a contract? Sometimes that is. Sometimes that's what you see, especially for smaller productions that don't have legal behind them or are so tiny that you know, nobody's putting necessarily time into it. Sometimes all you see are half page agreements. And those are better than nothing, better than a handshake, better than a verbal promise. And that's kind of how it works. I mean, you, know, you could have a 12 page agreement, which looks great, but it's nothing compared to the 75 page SAG compliant agreement that you're going to get for, for, for a full scale future production. In terms of looking out for things, I mean, the classic lawyer answer is going to be, don't figure it out yourself, go to a lawyer. <laughs> but it's really making sure that whatever was promised to you upfront by that producer is actually reflected in that piece of paper that you're being handed. And sadly, or not so sadly, I guess, depending on how you want to look on it. So much of it comes down to like what you're getting paid, which as you mentioned before, it seems like a lot of actors and other performers are getting more on board with the business side than they ever have been. And this is something I talk about a lot. You'll probably hear me repeat this. It feels like in the last like 10 years, which is really just the scope of time that I've been working as a lawyer, performers in general are getting a lot more savvy when it comes to figuring their stuff out. So they're looking for things like that themselves. And it's great. And being on top of that and asking those questions and making sure those things are being put out there in writing 
are the most important things. And the thing is, the contract is just English at the end of the day, assuming we're talking about American contract. It's just going to be English. And yeah, there's a lot of words in there that are highly technical, but if you're being given a one-page piece of paper, the most important thing you want to take away from it is, do I understand what I'm reading in the first place? Yeah, yeah, that, that that's a really good point. And I, I think, I, I, you know, to go off what you said, there's obviously a lot of value that comes with having something in writing because then based on, you know, if something goes wrong down the road, you'll have that contract to, to point to and, and say, oh, okay, this was something that we agreed upon. And I'm wondering how this this plays in the social media space, because I think that uh, and we've had a lot of people on the show as well who have talked about the importance of creating your own work. And I think nowadays, especially with social media, whether it be Instagram or TikTok, LinkedIn, whatever it may be, YouTube, actors have all of these tools at their fingertips to be able to create work and promote themselves and really kind of, as you were saying, dive into kind of the, the business savviness of this industry. But I imagine that there are also some complications when it comes to that with regards to the creation of content on social media. Do actors own any of their content that they post on social media? And, and if they don't, because I know this is actually a very very big topic of conversation just for the society in general is like, do we own our own data online? If, if actors don't own their data through social media platforms, is it a serious problem? Yeah, it's a, it's a good and very complicated question. I think the, the starting point for working on any social media platform is you'd have to read the terms of service to know exactly what's up with each one. Now I've, I've had the, pleasure of reading through a lot of them, <laughs> I use pleasure <laughs> oh, wow. in quotes, but most of, most of the ones, most of the big ones we're familiar with, like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, what they do is they say, anything you put up there, you're still going to own, but you're granting them specific types of licenses to it. So I don't think you need to necessarily worry about ownership so much, but something you need to think about is when I'm putting my stuff out on social media, why am I putting it out there? If it's solely for promotional purposes and it's just content for lack of a better term that you want to get out there to, to just get your name out there, probably don't care about it too much. But if you're like doing a full scale production by yourself, let's say you've created a song or in a music video to accompany it or something like that, you're probably not going to want to launch and put the entire thing onto social media. Because it's sort of out of your hands at that point. You're losing that that protection and that security you might have had if you were releasing it in less kind of global, social, out there platforms. Yeah, yeah. I think that that you bring up some really good points, and I think that actors are trying to figure out. At least you know a lot of people that I've talked to, a lot of creators, filmmakers especially, who they they you know they'll create these short films and they're kind of teetering between whether or not to put it on a platform like YouTube because like in one way on the, the, the one side, it's, it's great exposure. It, it's easily shareable with a variety of different people within the industry. But then on the other hand, it's, you know, like you were saying, it's uh, you know, it's, it's out there for the world. You have a lot less control over what happens to it. 
just in your experience with the the variety of different artists that you've worked with in the entertainment industry, how can artists find that balance? Well, it's really going to depend on what type of artist you're talking about. Huge difference between a musician releasing like a 15 second clip of something they just wrote versus an actor who just wants to get like a highlight reel out, right? And it, it's really going to come down to what are you as a, an artist or performer producing yourself? But my sort of bottom line is if, if you as an artist want to make money off of something specific that you're creating, you have to be very careful with how you release it. It's just like you said, I'm, I'm, if I'm making a short film and I want to sell that to, let's say, a streaming service later or get into a bunch of festivals later or something to that effect, I'm not going to release the entire thing on YouTube because that's going to get in the way of me being able to do anything properly with it. Now on the flip side, like if I'm a, an effects specialist and that's what I do for a living, let's say, and I just want to do like a highlight reel of the type of work I can do, I might want to make, I might want to spend a week on a production just like flexing my muscle and then putting it all on YouTube and that's my virtual resume. So it really depends like what your end goal is with what you're creating. You make up, a, a, you know, make a really good point about the, the what what the project is that you're working on, and I, I guess that I, that gives me a lot of clarity as well. Is that if it's a project that you're working on, that you're hoping to sell, that you're hoping to maybe kind of bring to the next level in a certain way, and comparing that to just putting out content to, you know, share you know, who you are as a performer, maybe you're putting out like some sketches, but you have no expectation of getting paid for those specific pieces of work down the line, then that content is more so like, yes, feel free to post freely on social media. Whereas that other, you know, where you're really trying to bring it to like the next level and potentially sell it, then from what I'm understanding, you would say you would advise, you know, not putting that whole project on a platform like youtube absolutely yeah absolutely like if if you want to the value in you selling a production you've made is in the person that's buying it or the company that's buying it getting the exclusive rights to it and if you've already put it out there the value is missing it's like why would why would netflix want to buy an hour-long movie i create if it's been on youtube for a year and a half Yes. <laughs> and you know, it's it's funny because you take a step back and that makes so much sense. And I, I think it's it's helpful for our listeners tuning in to recognize that. And I think at the end of the day, a lot of it comes to intention with the, the work that they're creating and, uh, you know, and, and what they want to put out for, you know, into the world. We have a lot of actors who, who tune into this show, obviously, but we also have a handful of filmmakers as well who who tune into the actor cast too. And I guess if they are putting together a project, say a, a web series of some kind that maybe uh, at some point they hope to get picked up by a Netflix or an Amazon prime or whatever it may be with regards to that process, is that something that they should like, you know, film say like, six episodes put it up on youtube and see what happens or is it something like they should film those six episodes kind of keep them secretive in a sense and just pitch them to a variety of different production companies 
It's really hard to say. And I think now more than ever, it's, uh, it's kind of unclear what the right path is for this stuff. In the past, I think a lot of streaming companies were actually really open to just having just pitches made from anybody. So you would, you know, either create your stuff or even just have like a pitch development idea that's, uh, you know, mostly fleshed out and go reach out to them cold calling. Does, it's not so easy these days to get through to those platforming companies. There are a lot of middle agencies that you actually have to work with to, to vouch for you. In terms of releasing six episodes first, it's probably a risky move. Um, what a lot of people do is they'll make a pilot and just try to sell that, but never release the pilot um, to the general public because, again, that could get you in trouble. But there's always outliers getting, getting you know, making exceptions to the rule. I've probably mentioned this before in previous uh, talks I've had, but one of my favorite recent shows that I just binged uh, is High Maintenance. And that started as a YouTube series uh, with a couple in Brooklyn. And I think it was just picked up by HBO a few years back. And they took the original concept and they developed it into a full TV show. So wow. they just finished its fourth season. And that, you know, they, they had... Pretty good production values on the YouTube series. They were doing it themselves, totally independent. And it just kind of turned into this thing that was much greater. I don't think you're going to see, though, a situation where a large company is picking up halfway through a season you already started. Because they'll probably be like, no, you should either have not released this at all or you're going to make it with our production value from the start. But it's, it's really hard to say. It's like, like getting your work in front of these services is unfortunately harder than a lot of the production aspects of the actual work you want to do. So no right answer, no clear answer. Right, right. And I think that kind of goes back to the, the setting, the intention as well and, and figuring out, okay, Yes, of course, you want to make a, a project for, for a certain reason, whatever that may be, but then just kind of being strategic with regards to, you know, how you go about things. And I, I'm wondering, you know, kind of from there, uh, in, in your experience in working with, uh, I, guess, I guess, specifically actors, but I would love to hear, you know, any side pieces of advice that you might have in uh, actors working with with lawyers and figuring out the legalities using their image and likeness as as you've said what have you found have been some common pitfalls that actors fall into with regards to legal issues yeah i think the biggest issue is not learning your rights up front not taking the time to sort of just get a foundational sense of the legal pitfalls that pop up in your industry and I say this, I would say this to anyone working in any industry, because at the end of the day, if you're an actor, your business is in acting and, and you should know some foundational level of, of that. So that's on the one hand. On the other side, as an actor, you're definitely not expected to be an expert in any area of law. So get out there, maybe even sooner than you think, to see if you can, you know, make friends with a lawyer or start working with a lawyer. Um, the biggest mistakes I see, which are usually not things you can come back from, is signing an agreement early in your career without a lawyer. And now it's too late to go back and you're suffering because you signed this like, let's say three year management agreement. That wasn't so great. 
but it's three years and you you only met your lawyer a year and a half into it and that person can't do anything about it because there's already a signed contract. Oh, wow. So it's really like, you know, the first time you do something big and you're given a big piece of paper, if somebody on the other side says, oh, don't worry, it's just a standard whatever type of agreement, maybe take a step back and ask yourself whether it's actually the case and think about reaching out to a lawyer. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think you you bring up a, a lot of good points, and a big reason why I wanted to have you on the show today is that, yeah, I, I think that that actors, like while of course, as you said, they're not expected to know the various legalities that are involved within the entertainment industry and with regards to their careers, it's important for them to know that there are people like yourself out there who are you know working with actors, musicians, other type of artists to make sure that they're making smart decisions for for themselves and and their careers moving forward. And kind of with that said, I'm wondering if you could share this, this kind of, you might've already answered this to a certain extent, but maybe you could elaborate a a little bit more is that, uh, how do you believe actors and other artists can protect themselves and the works that they create? Is it really, is the really that first step to just go to a lawyer and be like, Hey, you, you know, you take care of this. Like I'm going to work on the, the art side of it. Or are there a couple things that, that actors and artists can do, uh, I guess, initially before they meet with, with those, uh, with a lawyer to, to kind of wrap their head around, okay, how can I protect myself in either something I'm performing in or maybe something that I'm creating? Yeah. And a big part of it is going to come down to sort of setting expectations with the people around you. If you are, like I said before, if you're getting involved in a tiny production, maybe there's no lawyers involved. Maybe it's just handshakes. But if you can get that email from that producer saying, hey, this is what your role is and this is what you're going to get paid, that's going to go a lot further than having nothing. Um, on the flip side of it, if you are a musician or you're a small uh, a filmmaker, just doing some stuff on your own, you're collaborating with other artists. It's your job as that producer of music or film to make sure that the other artists you're working with know their rights and know what their role in that thing is going to be. So. If you are writing a song and you get two other artists involved with you, you should probably figure out in writing somewhere who are the actual authors of the song, what are the credits going to be, who's getting paid what, and those are all things that are going to have to be written down somewhere. Those are things you need to start thinking about. Every time you get involved with other people, because art is rarely made in a bubble unless you're painting in a studio by yourself or you're just doing like one-off TikToks in your bedroom. It's like, yeah, yeah, you... You're going to have other people involved. You need to know how that works. And again, you just want to kind of set the four corners of what all those relationships are going to be. You're doing yourself a service by at least trying to get some stuff in writing, even if you're not writing the most formal contract or working with a lawyer. Those are things to think about on that end. And then the other stuff you need to think about if you're creating things is, am I creating something from scratch? Or am I intentionally or not stepping on the toes of some other art that's already out there, which gets into copyright law. Uh, If you're writing a song, if you are creating a video, if you're incorporating music into a video, if you're incorporating an existing track into a song, if you're painting something, if you're sketching something, there is a universe of millions upon millions of other works out there. 
And you need to be aware that accidentally copying somebody's work and bringing it into your own can get you in a lot of trouble. So being aware of copyright infringement, getting familiar with those concepts as well is also going to help you quite a bit. Not necessarily something you need if you're an actor because the work is going to be done for you in that respect. But if you're writing anything in any capacity or creating anything in any capacity, you want to make sure that you can actually claim it's original or you have permission to incorporate those other things you're incorporating. Yeah. <laughs> and this is why we're very lucky to have people like you, Adam, who are experts with, with regards to these various topics, because yes, it, it, it's so much information that it's important for, for artists to be aware of, to, you know, be, be mindful of. And I know that you also have a background uh, as a as an artist as well. I know you've done some filmmaking and then you're also a musician, right? Yeah. I mean, the music thing's been on pause, especially for the last year, as you can guess, not doing too much during the pandemic, unfortunately. I would say I, I'm, you know, you don't need to be a professional or make a living to call yourself an artist. So while I am hesitant to call myself an artist, sure, I, I think it's fair to call myself that in some degree. I mean, the last music thing I did was a cover band uh, for about three years. <laughs> that's great. It was a lot that's, of fun. Yeah, that's always fun. It was great. Yeah, and the filmmaking is an active thing that I have going on right now. I've been working on a short documentary for the last couple of years. But it's been interesting kind of having, you know, the producer and quasi-director shoes on instead of the lawyer stuff because I've been jumping into the role of a line producer or I'm having to chase down people to sign my releases. I've been negotiating on behalf of myself, which I mean, the classic line is uh, never be your own lawyer. But <laughs> I think in this, in this respect, like it was really fascinating to have to do all this work on the ground with a production by myself, essentially uh, do, doing work that you normally have a client come to me and ask for help with. So that film, something ongoing, we wrapped shooting a couple months ago and we're, just starting the post-production uh, process. But yeah, as as someone who still plays guitar, a bit of a musician and, and has that, I, it's definitely a lot more exciting to get involved with the artists that I do work with and understand how difficult some of these issues are sometimes, not just from the legal perspective, but from like a practical perspective of, hey, how do I worry about copyright when there's so many things out there? Or... You know, how do I chase down 50 people to get them to sign an image release? Because I might have had them get, you know, caught in the background of an interview somewhere. <laughs> it's, you know, as a lawyer, you can just say, sorry, buddy, just do it. Uh, but as, as the, the client is effectively, yeah, boots on the ground. It's a lot harder and you really get to appreciate it. Well, it's, it's great that you kind of are uh, have a foot in both worlds because I imagine because you've worked, you know, as, as a filmmaker and as a musician, it really allows you to understand that perspective on a deeper level when you're then working with clients as a lawyer. And so I, I imagine that those roles kind of inform each other a lot. I hope so. I think, I think the biggest, biggest, best trait a lawyer can have is being able to listen to and understand the client properly. Like the worst thing I bet I see is when lawyers just steamroll over their clients, not caring about their issues. So being able to take a step back and be like, yeah, I understand where you're coming from with these, with these problems. Not again, not from a purely like mechanical, oh, this is what the contract says and more from like a, yeah, I've seen this before. And these are the issues we're going to have to tackle together. 
um, it goes a long way. And, and honestly, it helps, it helps with my patience for issues that I might not fully appreciate otherwise. Yeah. Well, Adam, I, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to join us on the actor cast today for not only taking the time, but I also really appreciate the work that you're doing. I'm so glad that we had the opportunity to get connected because it, it's important that, that it really all entertain entertainment professionals hear uh, a, a bit about what you're talking about today. So, you know, I can't thank you enough for, for joining me on the show. And I'm wondering if you could just share with our listeners where they could find out more information about you and all the great work that you're doing. Yeah, you can check me out on my website, www.adamweissmanlaw.com. That's A-D-A-M-W-E-I-S-S-M-A-N-L-A-W.com. Adam Weissman Law has all my contact info there. Um, you'll see an old blog that I... Unfortunately, I haven't updated in a couple of years, but beyond that, you'll see how you can reach me by email or phone. And by all means, if you have questions about anything I'm talking about today, you know, can't necessarily say I'm going to represent you as your lawyer, but feel free to reach out. Um, I'm more than happy to send you towards any resources that I can uh, suggest. Awesome. Perfect. Well, I'll make sure to include the link to your website in our show notes. So listeners out there, all you have to do is scroll down. Click that link. Highly recommend uh, checking out Adam's website. There's a lot of great resources on there. Adam, before we head out, I'm wondering if you could just uh, share any parting words of advice that you have for our actors today. I think the takeaway is spend some time. If you're an actor, learn a little bit. Go on Google. You know, Look up what your rights normally are. And when you have questions, know to reach out to the right people. Know that not knowing the answers to certain things is okay. And, you know, even with lawyers, we don't know literally everything every time we're opening up a new contract. Sometimes we need to do the research too. So spending the extra couple minutes to know what you're signing or to talk to the right people is definitely worth the headache so you could save yourself years down the road. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of ActorCast. You can head to ActorCast.fm and leave us a review to let us know what you thought of this episode. If you haven't already done so, sign up for our newsletter to get the latest and greatest information on upcoming guests, showcases, and much more. You can also become a member of ActorCast by going to ActorCast.fm and clicking the membership tab. As a member of ActorCast, you'll gain access to exclusive content, including bonus episodes, access to our private online community, and live sessions with yours truly. I look forward to catching you all in the next episode, and you know what time it is. It's time to go out and create.